Pat's Interference is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. So schedule day is coming on, and we are left with the 17 opponents we knew all along the Patriots are going to play, and we are also left with NFL reporter Mike Giardi back on Pat's interference because he's got time in his hands, and you know I'm going to abuse that time whether you like it or not. But frankly, when it comes to the Patriots in the league at large and where they fit in, there are a few people better in this podcast, maybe not at all, to discuss all of that. So we have the schedule in front of us. We have this latest episode of the Pats Interference Podcast coming to you, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And I'd like to start not with the travel, what the teams are looking for. We're not going to do the win-loss, win-loss thing because it's the dumbest exercise in one of the dumbest industries here in sports journalism <laughs> that is that is ever conducted. We're just going to start with a simple question. That question is this. Where does your eye go when you look at the schedule? First four games, first five games, that little chunk right there to me is, um, boy, talk about defining. I think it could really be defining one way or the other for the football team. You know, to have Philly come in here, we know how good Philly is. We know how close they came to winning a Super Bowl. You're going to celebrate Tom Brady on that day. Um, So there's going to be some emotion involved there. Is that going to be a distraction? Is it just going to be, hey, this is a new team, a new year for us, and we're going to set the tone right away? Then Miami comes in as well. So you get a division opponent early. You get them here. You don't have to go down there and deal with that heat. And then at the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and at Dallas, like, man, you, right away you're opening and you're in a position where could you possibly be 0-4? Oh, God. I, I mean, you could. Or I said we're not going to do the win-loss thing, and here we are no, 90 just, seconds I, later. I'm just, 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 suppose, I'm just supposing. Yeah, yeah, but that's where my eye goes. And then I say, well, boy, but if you survive that stretch there, then there's a couple's pockets in the schedule where you could make some hay. And now all of a sudden we're talking about a whole different thing. But I think based on how last year went, based on really, quite frankly, how it went dating back to December of Max rookie year in terms of the team success, uh, I think that's a critical juncture for this football team. So what I would say is this. This schedule reminds me a whole lot of the 2021 schedule from two years ago, where there was a similar sentiment of we're going to know a whole lot about the Patriots right away. It's going to define them. They could be in an 0-4 hole because that season, you'll remember, they started at home with Miami. Mm -hmm. Miami is coming in week two to visit the Patriots. They had a trip to the Jets. They're going to visit the Jets in week three. New Orleans is coming in week three uh, this season. Uh, No, excuse me. They're in week five. Yep. New Orleans was week three that year. The reigning Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were coming in. The Eagles are doing close to the same here in week one. And there was a sense of, okay, there could be 0-4. It's 1-3. Back then, it was rookie Mac Jones. This year, it's Mac Jones coming off of a, a bad second season. And I would say pump the brakes because just like last year when we talked about a soft middle with Detroit and Cleveland and there's time to catch up in week five of this 2021 year that I just referenced, Houston, you can climb your way back. And they did. And they had Carolina in all those games. The margin of error is still there, even if you start slowly, one and three or oh and four. And we are going to go down these games, to be clear, every single one uh, where the Patriots stand. It's just a smaller margin of error, which, again, is something that we knew at the start because the Patriots, as I mentioned before, their over-under win total, courtesy of FanDuel, is seven and a half. You look at the whole schedule, there are three teams with a lower over-under total out of 17, and one, the New York Giants, that has the same one. So my eyes, honestly, don't go anywhere in particular. But I get the draw that you're talking about of, hey, it's the start and you can't be slow out of the gates because I still think there's an opportunity there. But you just you have to make it up quickly. 
Yeah, I just think, too, with all the conversation that's centered around the quarterback and the relationship with the head coach and now the new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, um, I think clearly to me, the system that's being put in place by Bill O'Brien is something that would suit Mac Jones a hell of a lot better than whatever it is they were trying to do last year. It's going to highlight his brain. And for some reason, they tried to take that away with the brain trust, if you will, in quotes, that was running the offense last year. Um, but to my point about, you know, that being a difficult stretch, if it's a difficult stretch, they're not producing and they're not winning enough, then the 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 noise from a fan base that was chanting for Zappy last year is only going to get louder and it's only going to create more of a, a, a friction for a team that I don't think needs that, especially early in the year. I think they need to establish themselves that last year was was a bad job by a lot of people starting with the head coach that's over with and done. We're reestablishing the program here. We're back to being the sort of well-coached, well-oiled machine that you expect. Maybe we don't have the high end talent that some of these other teams do, but we're going to coach circles around most of these teams. And if they do that, then, you know, you're in a situation where you do survive that beginning stretch. Mac does feel a little bit better about himself. The, the fan base feels better about himself. And now maybe you're able to spread your wings a little bit more. Look at you, Mike Giardi, skipping to the end, where we're going to go through a make the case for this being a favorable schedule and then argue against that case. Uh, we're all over the place here to start for the rundown. And so the defining area for me quickly, and we'll, we'll just jump into it because we, we're basically jumping around right now, is I'm the telling December. You, I'm go ahead. You can say yeah, it. The, 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 December, the December month there. And we'll just rattle them off. Again, the, the yep. Indianapolis game in Germany, November 12th, leads into the bye week. They come back end of November. They're at the Giants, well-rested, short trip, not a problem. You come yep. home versus the Chargers, short week, Thursday night at Pittsburgh. Come home week and a half to prepare for a Monday night showdown against the Chiefs, leads into a Christmas Eve game against the Broncos. I say this because this is where coaching, your supposed edge with Belichick, and now Bill O'Brien coming on offense, will come into play. Those are four, starting with the Chargers, then Steelers, Chiefs, and Broncos, mm -hmm. non-divisional opponents. Teams at this point, you need to find small edges, manufacture them, game planning, mid-game adjustments that the Patriots have contained with less talented rosters. Kansas City multiple times in the recent history with Mahomes. Denver gives them problems, of course, but then because I look at the last two games, both division games, at Buffalo, and then home yep. against the Jets. It's hard to see anything else but a split there, barring some sort of injury or catastrophe. And so I think you need to make your money in that stretch, not only because you're supposed to play your best football after Thanksgiving, but because that's where this team is going to make a difference. You will see the defensive minds of Belichick and Mayo and offensively Bill O'Brien carry you to a place where you need to go on the road and win at Pittsburgh, and you can because they do better with three days of prep than the Steelers staff does. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, you, you saw Pittsburgh last year in Pittsburgh um, while you were running that offense and you still managed to to scrape out a victory there. Like I don't Pittsburgh to me has never been a daunting place for them. Um, and I, I, I don't know why that changes. I mean, maybe if Pickett takes the leap, which some people nationally think he's ready to. I'm not I'm not sure that I'm there yet with him. Um, decent rookie year. We'll see what it looks like in year two. You are putting a lot of faith, though, in the in the in the non-Bill Belichick version of the staff, which is it's become an interesting narrative to me because while any change to an experienced coordinator over what they had last year running the offense is going to be a big boost, I still feel like you're putting a lot on a guy who 
draws up X's and O's, like how much of a difference does that make? What are we talking about? Because I feel like, and this is again, friends, social media reaction. Like, do we think that Bill O'Brien and, and Adrian Clem are worth three wins? Because that's what it feels like to me. It feels like people think that there's going to be this big turn, even though when I look at the roster offensively, I say it's kind of the same. They're kind of running the same team back. Yeah, I, I don't. Because, again, your schedule is so much more difficult. This is the number one most difficult schedule yep. in the entire NFL based on Vegas's over under win totals for all the teams that I just mentioned. Again, uh, 13 of these teams have a higher projected over under win total than the Patriots. Three or lower and one is the same in Las Vegas. So I just think if that's the case, if this is what the Patriots are built on, we'll have similar talent, but we'll find our edges elsewhere. And again, we haven't really seen it in three years. When was right. their last great win at Buffalo in a windstorm that have totally yeah. twisted that game? They still believe in those edges and, and the way they do business. If it's going to show, it's going to have to be in December, which is why I think that's the defining stretch. Um, last thing, and then we'll just go through basically, you know, the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, final quarter yep. of this this season. So we just listed off all of their upcoming matchups. Is there anyone in particular that not for, you know, necessarily a serious reason or playoff implications or an obvious one like Aaron Rodgers coming in division that really interests you? You know, that may, maybe maybe it shouldn't compared to some other games? I like the, I just I like them seeing the Giants at at MetLife. I like the Dable um, Belichick head to head. I think um, Brian did a really nice job with Josh Allen. Got Josh Allen to a different place. Helped get Josh Allen to a different place. Josh certainly deserves credit there as well. But I thought that their staff was one of the better prepared staffs last year. Having gotten a chance to watch them up close and personal not only in training camp, but then a couple times during the regular season and obviously catching them on TV and watching their games. So that's just an interesting little, you know, Belichick over here, Brian over here, student teacher, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm just curious to see what that one looks like because I would bet you internally, I bet you a lot of money internally, the Patriots look at Daniel Jones and say, he sucks. Now, I don't know that he sucks. I thought they did a pretty nice job with him last year, but I think they look at him saying, ah, he's a guy who manages. Like, we can we can handle this guy. And, you know, again, we'll be, whatever, 12 weeks in the season, 13 weeks in the season, we'll have a better idea if Daniel Jones was more of what he was last year, takes a step forward or, you know, recedes back into what he was prior to. But th that'll be an interesting one for me because I just, I think there's a lot of things at play there that will, um, that will make that matchup pretty fun. He sucks. I'm just that whole week. I'm just going to have your voice say he sucks in the back of my head as I'm trying to formulate a question for Bill that Wednesday and Friday. And if it pertains to Daniel Jones, oh, I mean, look, his numbers passing wise were not all that, are all no. that impressive. The way Brian Dable unlocked him in that offense was utilizing his legs a whole lot more. I think there were more clearly defined reads for him uh, getting the ball out quickly. You saw the turnover rate go down. That's where it's a function of we're not going to force you to be under pressure a whole lot or to sift through a lot pre and post snap, or even if he's a very smart guy, guy went to Duke, you know, it, the more you have to do that, the more likely it is you're going to make a mistake. His mistakes were down. They were better and that's it. But Vegas sees a big regression coming for them because, as I mentioned, they're projected for seven and a half wins, yeah. and uh, as are the Patriots. My answer is similar, um, not because of a quarterback who sucks, because you would argue specifically the exact opposite of this, is Las Vegas. This game yeah. is in week six. It is in yeah. the window where I think they do need to rebound. Yeah. All we are going to be talking about, spoiler alert, is the Jacoby Myers play. I'm sure Jacoby's going to have a fine press conference and own it like he did in his yeah. introductory presser uh, with the Raiders. 
But there are a lot of expatriates still on that sideline. They added even more this year. And that's a team in Vegas that is expected to finish with a worse record than the Patriots because of their division, uh, as daunting as the AFC East is. So it's not a must-win game. Again, we're talking, you know, Loomer Lodi. Nothing against him. Just that question still obviously bothers me, sticks in my mind. End of May, early June, you know, must win here for the Patriots if we're looking to a baseball season equivalent. Like, no, it's not a must win. But the storylines, the history coming off that game, the most memorable game of the regular season, um, it's going to be fun. I'm just hoping that at some point um, when I get out of where I'm at right now, that we're doing a show together and I can just right out of the shoot say to you, Andrew, must win. Just, I just want to drop that right on you right away. Let's just do it. Boom. And I'm going to look gonna, at the, the third host and just go. All our, all our media friends. Hey, if you have Callahan on your show, can you just right away say must win? Yeah. Well, the next phone call I get for, uh, you know, recommendation. Hey, you know, Mike Giardi at all? Yeah, he sucks. Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah. that, Daniel <laughs> said, Jones. Of yes, he is. Northeast football <laughs> report. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be the first person to say that, and you won't be the last. Yeah. All right. Well, you're staying on, so actions speak louder than words. Um. <laughs> All right, on to the final 17 games here. Let's go one by one. We'll take you through the record last year, where they were in DVOA, just to update you, refresh your memory, and then they're over under win total. Because again, this is the best prism uh, through which to view these teams as we look ahead to next season. These over under win totals brought to you by FanDuel. We also want to be clear that when we did not speak about Tom Brady coming back to New England and being honored in the home opener against the Philadelphia Eagles, that was not on purpose. Do you have any Tom Brady thoughts as we talk about the Eagles here who, in case people forgot, went 14-3 last year, finished yeah. third by DVOA, and are projected to uh, have an over-under win total of 10, 10 and a half. Um, Honestly, it doesn't – I mean, I get it. It's going to be nice to have him not be on the opposing sideline and have to deal with it that way. But, like, I, the time has passed for me. Like – I'm far more interested in what they're doing on the field than what they're going to be doing off the field with Tom. I know it's a, it's going to be a great moment for the fans. Um, I had so many jokes lined up when I saw the schedule, like is Nick Foles going to be invited? Is Malcolm Butler going to be on the side? Is he going to play? I, like, I know probably too soon for everybody, but my like, advice, yeah. Mike is stay in journalism. Don't, don't seek out comedy. It's a career. <laughs> you know, I liked it. That's all I can say. And as long as I'm amusing myself, that's really all that matters. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't um, – I mean, what are you going to do? How do you honor the best player in franchise history, if not the best player in NFL history? Like, it, I, I know Robert sort of said, like, this will be the first of many. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure, you know, how they're going to do it, whether they're going to put them right into the Hall of Fame right away, the Patriots Hall of Fame, I don't know. But, like, yeah, it'll be great for the fans. But to me, it should have no bearing on the game, and this team better be – they better have their eyes on the on the ultimate prize playing Philly because Philly will be here to run the ball down your throat and Jalen Hurts will do the things that he does and, you know, could make it a long, long day for you. I'm excited for Brady's return. I don't think it will mean uh, anything close to the football that needs to be played against an excellent team because if yeah. the Patriots beat the Eagles at home and, I, you know, I don't have an opening line in front of me, but if I were to guess, I think the Eagles are going to be favored by uh, seven and a half, maybe even a little bit more. Um the, the whole storyline, the remembrance of his return is going to be blown up. It's the Patriots just beat the Eagles, the NFC champion, the best roster on paper, particularly coming out of that draft. I just think, though, what will turn you around and other folks who might be thinking the same thing, and I get it. It's been over three years since he was here. We had a lot of this when he returned with the Bucs in 2021. 
is there's going to be more buildup and it's just going to be a full on week of nostalgia tripping with old Tom Brady memories and highlights and things that week. And we'll be asking players here and there because even Devon Godchow told reporters on Thursday, yeah, we, we want to win every game, but we really want to win that one. And maybe it was lip service, you know, kind of a little media thing. It doesn't really matter. It's in May. Who cares yeah. what he says? No one's really taking it too seriously, but it's going to resonate when he's in the building and he's there to be honored and to be happy in New England as opposed to an opponent. I think that's going to bring back everything that was about 20 years. Now, is it halftime? Like you said, Robert Kraft said there are many celebrations, no details on that yet. He's got to get a statue though. Yeah. I would think, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, again, if Nick Foles can get one in Philly for once for one Super Bowl, like give me a break. Like, yeah, Tom's should like there's space for it. There are places that Patriot place where you could definitely throw that thing down. Uh, and I think it would be just like he look um, for all that he did for the franchise, the sort of the tone that he helped set for the franchise to help take it from where it was when he got here to to what it had become over the last 20 years, which is why when you say the over under at seven and a half, it does like. Wow, you know, like that's how times have changed here because that that would that would never have happened once Tom Brady established himself as Tom Brady, right? So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if you're putting up a statue of Tom, does it have to be? Does Bill have to be with him? Does it have to be the two guys? You know, I, I'm I'm curious about that because I think they you know they try to manage that relationship internally. Who who's and then does does Robert belong out there? You know, because it's, it's the yeah. three headed. Three-headed monster. I don't mean in a in a bad way, but you know, just that, that phrase. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how that will all play out. I think they all deserve statues. I think they'll all come at different times. Um, you know, Brady being the youngest out of the three, uh, but the one who retired first might get his first. Who knows? But I think yeah, wherever they put Brady's statue, leave room for two more. They all deserve one, uh, and they would all probably prefer, as opposed to talking about the end uh, for all of them, is the start of next season. This game, again, Philly's going to come in here supremely talented. It's not because they got Nolan Smith, you know, at the end of the first round and Jalen Carter at the start or Jalen Hurts signed this massive contract. And they they lost a good amount for agency, but they've largely kind of run it back here. Um, it's because they have Matt Patricia now as a defensive assistant. No, they're, they're, they're just a very good team. But the thing that gets lost in week one, and I said it before, it's the most anticipated game of the season and also often the least important. Because weird stuff happens, and we have this big overreactions about what this team will be like and what that team won't be like, and he sucks and he doesn't. So there's an element here of an unpredictability for the Patriots, as talented as the Eagles are, that could swing in their favor. Because as the underdog, you want more variance, you want more variability, unpredictability, things that can happen. Because <laughs> over time, before these habits are ingrained and after all these games, you kind of know how the games are going to go unless you get X amount of turnovers. Maybe Jalen Hurts shows up and they're they're really screwed up. Who knows? The one thing aside from that, though, is that the Eagles have a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai, who this leads into week two, is a disciple of Vic Fangio. And so that'll complicate their offensive preparations a little bit. They're going to understand the shells and the basics of that system. But I'm curious how that affects Mac, if at all, because if they get off to a hot start in Philly, let's say they even lose, but score a ton, that bodes well going into Miami. We're going to see a very similar system in week two. And I think any Patriots fan, especially the ones in my mentions, and there were 30 of these, 0-2 after I reported these are the first two games of the season, would love a 1-1 split here. So that it's it's a thread that ties these games together, but I'm very excited for this game, not only because the talent that Philly brings, the systems they're going to run offensively, which is still carryover with, under Nick Sirianni, but defensively the change could be a little bit of a curveball here. Could be, a, and to your point, leading into the next one too. So get a little experience against that if you're Mac and then be ready for a division opponent, um, which, you know, we argue that's the more important game, right? But 
Um, I, I just think I've seen this before. I saw this with the Patriots, and, and granted, it was after they won the Super Bowl in 2001. 2002, they came out of the gates like on fire. Just this team was like intent on showing you we're here, we're staying here. I think they won their first three. They they beat up the Steelers on opening night, which was actually the first night ever at Gillette Stadium or whatever. They, I think it was still Gillette at that point. Was, yeah, I forget if that lasted for more than like a week. Um, and I could just see Philly sort of being of the same mindset. Like we lost a close game in the Super Bowl. We think we're the best team in the league. And we're gonna we're gonna be intent on proving that from the very first snap of the very first game. And hey, to go into New England, it's not an easy place to play. Like, yeah, we'll show Bill Belichick. You know, Jalen Hurts, and and let's not forget mobile quarterbacks against the Belichick defense has has fared pretty well. The good ones, at least. Yeah, and it's not just the mobile quarterbacks because that's been a question asked of Belichick since I joined the B in 2018, which again is nowhere near how long you've covered the team and other people, but. That's just the norm now. The separation from mobile quarterbacks to those who are utilized in the QB run game that forces you to account for an extra gap. That's where the issue is. That's where you saw Lamar Jackson go nuts, even though Greg Roman has been running that system dating back to his time uh, when he was in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. They kept hammering the C-gap, these outside runs, putting defenders in conflict and having to commit to either the handoff or follow the ball carry, whether going inside or out. Um, and so the Patriots got torn apart and that was an early season game against, as you said, a mobile quarterback, Jalen Hurts obviously fits in that category. The receiving talents also an issue too. Devontae Smith, AJ Brown had his Christian Gonzalez fair. If he's the starter week one, John Jones, Jack Jones being their other options. So there's a lot here for what I think will be a great Patriots defense to have a ton of problems with. I just go back to openers are weird though. Like not all of these things are not going to play out in the Eagles favor. Same will be said for the Patriots. I just think we could be in for a lower scoring game maybe than we think. All that said, I, it's, it's, it's too far to tell. Here we are still in May, but there's, yeah. there's a lot more on the table than, oh, 0-1, on to Miami. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Like, I, look, I would never, as we've seen, and when it comes to this team, there are times where you say, nah, there's just no way. And then at the end of the day, you're like, huh. How about that? Even during this stretch of, by their standards, mediocrity, right? They're they're 25 and 26 team over the last three years, but there've been some moments in there, the Buffalo game a couple of years ago in that crazy weather, you're like, huh, you know, like they found a way to do some of these things that you wouldn't have otherwise expected. I think clearly from a roster standpoint, a talent standpoint, Philly is here and you're here, the, your over-unders indicate that that's how the odds makers feel about it as well. But you're right. First game, uh, they might have a few wrinkles for it. You know, you know, you have no idea what the changes are going to be exactly. Um, not the same holds true for them, but yeah, that, that'll be. Um, there's a lot that goes into that game, just from an emotional standpoint, too. Yeah, you know, I think I, it's you talk to guys about playing the Super Bowl and how that game's different. I think the opener has that same sort of feel because there's just we're, we're looking at tape from last year. There's not much to go on based on preseason because it's so vanilla and nobody plays anybody anymore. Um, that you don't really have that feel. And it take, takes a little while to sort of get your legs under you and say, all right, this is what they're doing. This is what we're trying to do. Now let us see how it plays out. All right, one last note, and then we enough about Philly because we have 16 more games to go, is their <laughs> run defense. I just double-checked. And I know Kansas City forced them to play perhaps a little bit more physically than they wanted on earlier downs. 
finished 21st a year ago. So they lost Jason Hargrave uh, to San Francisco. Big part of mm-hmm. that one ended up being a subpar run defense. Obviously, the Patriots fall behind. They can't run the ball as well. But I expect a heavy dose for Mondre Stevenson here against Philly early on, control the game, the pace, everything that goes into it uh, as far as that game goes. Okay, Miami at home, September 17th. Miami was 9-8 and eight last season, got mm-hmm. into the wild card round because the Patriots lost in Buffalo. They beat the Jets at home. They finished eighth by DVOA. They're over under win total according to FanDuel, is nine and a half. The Patriots' defense matches up better with Miami than most do, uh, even though it's Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, because, Mike, they almost pulled you off the street last year to play corner. Okay, yeah. we were looking yep. at Tay Hayes out there, signed of the practice squad and lining up across these guys. They played more zone coverage. They've got corners that are quick and fast. A lot of people don't. John Jones, Jack Jones in that mix as well. Christian Gonzalez now also. It doesn't get you a win against Miami considering they added Jalen Ramsey, but I think this is closer to a coin flip again than people want to discuss um, because of recent history and also the fact it's an early season game and they're at home. Yeah. I, and look, they've had, they've had some struggles against Miami in recent years uh, from a win loss perspective, obviously last year winning at home, Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson versus playing Tua. Tua has made some plays against them. I still don't like two is still to me a great unanswered question. Like, I don't, I know that they're, they picked up his option. He's their guy. They're talking him up. I'm just, I'm still curious to see how that plays out. Cause I still don't think we have enough evidence that tells us whether or not he's a good quarterback in this league or, or what. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he's another guy that even though he's had success against them, I don't think the Patriots look at Tua and say like, Oh, we don't, we, we have a hard time dealing with this guy. You know um, what they say? <laughs> it sucks. Yes. That look, well, it's, hey, it's a, if JC ja- if JC Jackson were here, he would absolutely say that. Jack Jones, if he's allowed to speak after how last year ended, he might say the same. Yeah, JC Jackson coming up later on the schedule. But it, it's a great point by you because I remember writing last year in the heat of wherever the f they were in Division Two college practicing, listening to their quotes from Belichick on down to Matt Judon and other defenders asking about Tua. They weren't impressed, like openly unimpressed with him. Miami goes on to win that game 20 to 7, 13 offensive points. Tua for his career has averaged around 20, maybe even a little bit lower than this, offensive points per game against the Patriots in his career. The Dolphins have won these games on defense against Belichick as much as you want want to do the quarterback win-loss record versus a head coach, which is just fraught with um I mean, it's a fraught stat anyway. It's not, it really shouldn't be cited. Yeah. Granted. That's what it is. I just, again, think the Patriots are better equipped to handle Miami better than most teams. The question will be defensively because of the Fangio edition, which changes up what was a basically Patriot system um, on, on Nitro, the way they blitzed and played even more man coverage than New England did under Josh Boyer, changes the Vic Fangio, who's going to move Jalen Ramsey around, you know, not just as an outside corner you can avoid. He'll go into the slot sometimes and follow whatever, you know, maybe it's Mike Gasicki on certain downs that they think the Patriots are going to someone in a particular critical area. So that that's the curveball in there. Um, but again, I, I think I think they're going to be more competitive. I don't look at this and go, they're 0-2. Again, we, we always think we're so certain about what's going to happen in May. And then the NFL comes around in September and goes, oh, hey, you know why you love us? Because we always surprise you. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong, although... You can play uh, this back and then tell me uh, I suck. No. <laughs> I'm, we in love. No, I'm not. All right. Yeah. Jets now. We're on to the Jets. Jets. Week three at the Jets' first road game. Jets 7-10 and 10 last year, 16th by DVOA. They're over under 9.5. Belichick, Rodgers, 
Uh, we get to play this whole game. I think that Jets defense is going to be even better. Sauce Gardner mm-hmm. was outstanding. He'll have that year two leap you would expect. Um, this is, I think, a far more troublesome game for the Patriots than than Miami is. Um, what say you? Yeah, I agree. I, look, I, I said it a number of times last year in covering the Jets. Um, that was a top five defense. I, I don't care what the numbers say. Just like the personnel that they deployed, some of the situations they were put in, during the course of the year because their offense was wretched. And I mean, they were wretched as a group. Uh, when Mike White becomes your savior, you're, you're in big trouble. And I like Mike White, tough kid, like all the credit in the world to him, but he's a backup quarterback in this league. Um, get you by for a game or two, but when you have to rely on that guy to be your guy, you're in trouble. Um, and I, I, I see the way that they approach the offseason. I mean, obviously putting all their eggs in the Rodgers basket, but to me, defensively, they're a team that's going to be really hard to move the football on. Hard to run against, hard to throw on. They have a bunch of different guys that can bring off the edge. Quinn Williams was one of the better players I saw in person last year, um, you know, in a number of games. So, yeah, I, I, that's that would be a real challenge for the new offense and, and for Mac Jones and that group. Two things about the Jets, and then we'll move on to Dallas in week four. Um, number one, that defense was a top five defense and did it without many turnovers. They were in the bottom half of the league at generating takeaways. And turnovers are not necessarily predictive year to year. And so teams that have a high takeaway rate, even though the Patriots have generally been in the top 10, certainly were last year, you know, tend to come back down to earth. The Jets seem due not only because of the talent developed year three under Robert Sala for some positive regression, which is very bad news for the Patriots. My second point is Aaron Rodgers is a player whose flaws are often in the unseen. Like he has a very, very low interception rate because sometimes he's not willing to take a risk that might pay off with a touchdown on third and seven, whether it's a throwaway or just a, a throw further downfield. Hall of Famer had since where you're going, is this the best quarterback ever? But that plays well, pairs well with a defense like this, where he's not going to get in the way, where Zach Wilson did cost them perhaps a win at home against the Patriots last year. And then when Zach Wilson doesn't get in the way, but also doesn't make any plays, the tiebreaker is Marcus Jones running the other way with the football in less than a minute left on a punt return. So Aaron Rodgers obviously is going to elevate, but he's not going to hurt the defense in a way that Zach Wilson would, or even some other quarterbacks whose flaws are very much in the scene of I'm throwing the ball to the other team. And so, again, I, I think there's risk here for a Russell Wilson perhaps not level catastrophe as there was in Denver, but I mean, your teammates are on their hands and knees and kissing your feet as soon as you arrive yeah. and tweeting about you. That's not the kind of culture I think that's sustainable or something that you want. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I, at least early on, I, I think uh, on the road against that defense is just going to be tussling. Yeah. I could just see like, I agree that there are some things that would concern me about the worship of Rogers already. But I, I think the fact that he is at least going to some of, if not all, of the offseason stuff, to me, uh, something that he hasn't done in Green Bay the last few years. Like, his last year with Green Bay w- was, from, from, a, from a field perspective, from an attitudinal, attitudinal perspective, was so uh, reminiscent of Brady. Like, the, I think the parallels, like, Tom was, and, and we got the stories after the fact that Brady was making goo goo eyes at the, at the, at the, at the Dolphins before the season even started. But like Tom wasn't here. He was eight. No, and he was miserable. They tried to appease him with Antonio Brown. Like they, they gave, I know they didn't give him his veteran receivers, but they gave Aaron some toys last year and he just, he didn't, he wasn't into it. And I think he's going to be into it because I think he wants to give them the middle finger. I don't know. 
if it's Mark Murphy, if it's Gutenkunst, I, I don't know who the guy is that he's given the finger to, but he clearly wants to give it to somebody. Clearly here was Tom giving the finger back to Bill. Like, I, I can still do this better than anybody. So I, I think there is that. He has that 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 sort of edge to him where I F- can see F- him. FU energy. Yeah, yeah, he does. And and even if even if there is some, even if he's more like he was last year for Green Bay, I, we were having this conversation before, like that would be such a boon for the Jets. They got nothing out of their quarterback, but for a couple games of Mike White, right? Flacco was had to play. He was terrible. Wilson was terrible, except for a fourth quarter against the Steelers. That Rodgers comes in there, and if he gives you the exact same numbers, if he's the same player he was in Green Bay, they're a 10-win team. They're in the playoffs. That's And that's – now we're not even talking about if he's the old Aaron Rodgers. If he has that FU energy and he plays at that two years ago MVP level or something close to it, with that defense, they could be really scary. Week four at Dallas, October 1st. The Cowboys 12-5 and five last year get knocked out in the divisional round. They finished sixth by DVOA. This was an offensive football team. They're over-under win total nine and a half this year, which feels low. Certainly a nod to the NFC East being better. The Eagles running it back. Giants had a good record. Uh, Washington should improve. We'll get to them in a little bit. My analysis for this game is very simple. <laughs> if Micah Parsons touches Mac Jones more than three times in this game, yeah. The Patriots are done because offensive tackle is one of the weakest points still for this offensive roster. It could be peak Trent Brown. I don't care. Parsons is that kind of rare talent. And they might just drop him across from Riley Reef or Calvin Anderson or whomever is going to be opposite Trent Brown and just let him go to work. And that is going to create major problems, let alone you have Stephon Gilmore in that secondary now across from Trayvon Diggs. But it starts up front. I think it'll be a fun game. Patriots go to Dallas once every eight years. Um, I was surprised it wasn't actually the Thanksgiving game, but it's 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 really about Parsons and Belichick is going to tell you as much as you need to know in the days leading up to this game. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Dan Quinn is is he may not have been a great head coach, but he seems to know what buttons to push as a defensive coordinator. Michael Parsons will find the weak link on that offensive line and we'll get up plenty of snaps, whether that's Riley Reef, whether it's whether Trent Brown doesn't look the same and they go after Trent Brown, there'll be matchups there that he's going to try to exploit. And if Parsons is healthy, he can do it. I just go back to the game they played at Gillette and Randy Gregory coming off the other side hit Mac Jones about as hard as any any quarterback's been hit in the last three years. Max credit, he got up. I know people think he's soft. He, he got up. Um, but th- that was, I, I thought, a big part of that game was just trying to protect him and some of the things that maybe there were some limitations to what they could do. And I think that that group, at least on paper, is probably better than this group that you're rolling into the season with. So that's an interesting one. I'll give you one more on the other side. The one good thing about the addition of Gonzalez, whether he starts right away, whether he's an impact player right away, is I think that you're better equipped to cover C.D. Lamb Mm. than you were when you faced him last time. And I know Brandon Cooks is on the other side, but I don't think Jalen Mills is – well, he's probably your free safety, but I don't think Jalen Mills is going to be lining up across from C.D. Lamb, and you're going to go, well, that's an L pretty much every time. You know, that's not right. that's that was unfavorable to 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 Jalen Mills, no fault of his own. That's the personnel they had, but that's not a good matchup. This should be a little bit better from that standpoint. Week five, New Orleans coming to Gillette Stadium, October eighth. The Saints were seven and ten last year. Uh, injury ravaged, coaching issues, uh, terrible division. It just just couldn't pull away. Nineteenth by DVOA. They're and I'll double check this just to make sure I'm wrong. Their over under win total right now is nine and a half. 
And I see yeah. Derek Carr is a quarterback who, yeah, brought the Raiders back two minute drill against the Patriots, tied that game in Las Vegas last December. But I think Belichick goes, I'm just not afraid of him. And so Michael Thomas could be there, huge upgrade, or at least, you know, something close to what he had uh, to Devontae Adams. I just, it feels like a low scoring game, feels like an ugly game, a game that maybe of all the games we're going to talk about ends up as the least memorable once the season is played. I, I, yeah, I have a, first of all, I love New Orleans because um, they take all the salary cap people, the salary cap police, and they tell them to stick it in their ear every single <laughs> year. And they've been doing it for like seven years. So uh, all you crazy cap people, how is it that the Saints feel the roster every year with all the cap gymnastics that they do every year uh, and still are, they still haven't, the bottom hasn't fallen out. They, they still haven't collapsed. Um, and they were able to add car and free agency, all this different stuff. Um, I don't know if Dennis Allen's a good coach. You know what he is, I, though? I, a good coach against the Patriots because his defense yes. gave them real problems in 2021 and Mac was a rookie and all this, but there's a history there of just, the, you know, two high structures where you can still defend the run with six in the box and some big D tackles, and they really turned over their defensive line this year. And follow good friend Nick Underhill of this podcast and friend you and I uh, for more about the Saints in New Orleans football. Um, but I I don't know how much that's going to carry when they're on the road again and the quarterback's just, just not as good. And I just don't think Mac will be as bad as we saw that in that game two years ago. Yeah, and, and as I mentioned, the John U. Smith um... – <laughs> He did him no favors in that game. I mean, two balls playing off his hands. They get picked off. One gets run back for a touchdown. So you look at the final score and you say, it was terrible. And you remember Bill grabbing Mac by the wrist and taking him off the field after the game when he was all uh, bothered on the bench there, looking off into the distance. But uh, they did did the rookie quarterback no favors that day for sure. No. All right. So I said we would go first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. These, because the total is 17, are not all going to be even. I cross off the first quarter of the season here at game five. Yep. I, I'm not looking for a record here. We, you talked about it. This is a big defining stretch for you. I think the games that people are talking up as losses are there for the taking. Do I expect them to blow out the Eagles or beat them? Probably not. Um, but my feeling about the Saints could be totally wrong, given that Vegas is much higher on them uh, than yep. I am. Anything we missed just from this season before we turn to Vegas, Buffalo, Miami, and Washington? No. All right, onward. Vegas. I covered this. Uh, I didn't mention that they were 6-11 and 11 last year. 26 by DVOA, so that record should have been worse according to certain numbers that they produced. Uh, famously, collapsed, infamously collapsed in close games under Josh McDaniels, now in his second year. Some offseason stuff that's not great. The vibes are not immaculate in Vegas uh, for once. Yeah. They're over-under, win total, 6.5. Uh, I covered the history as far as materially with these rosters and how the matchups go. Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback is a big change. Um, he'll give you one every once in a while. I, we can leave it at that, but defensively, like the talent in that secondary is it's not good. And they kind of no. doubled down with their first round pick and Tyree Wilson, who looks like the immediate heir apparent of Chandler Jones, opposite Max Crosby should give the Patriots problems again, given their offensive tackle situations. But I, I look at this game as not a, a one the Patriots should win, but if you lose, given the rest of your schedule, that's a bad sign. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I would say the same thing about Josh McDaniels that I would say I said about Dennis Allen. I'm just not sure we know he's a good head coach. I mean, obviously the record is not his time in Denver, which was a, was was light years ago. But then there were some similar trends that happened in year one in Vegas. And in terms of, you know, some of the things you're hearing from players and again, the quarterback thing, you know, after one year, I mean, he, he didn't even wait for Cutler, but that's a 
that would be concerning for me because I think Josh, like I think Dennis Allen's a great defensive coordinator. And I think there's nothing wrong with being a great coordinator. It doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Vic Fangio, great coordinator, not a great head coach in his, in his opportunities. Maybe Josh is the same thing. That's a place where you shouldn't have lost there last year. Um, you, you can't, I, you can't lose there this year. You just can't. All right. You probably can lose at home to Buffalo because they were 13 to three last year, lost a game, obviously at Cincinnati uh, that was not finished. They were number one, no one above them by DVOA. They're over under down to 10 and a half. There's a sense that's floated around about the bills this off season that they ran out of gas physically and emotionally. And from the outside, that seems to align given everything they went through with DeMar Hamlin and their travel schedule, not playing at home due to the snowstorms in Detroit coming here. And they beat the Patriots uh, on that December 1st, Thursday game. You were closer to them than anyone um, that I know during that stretch. And then in the postseason, is that true? Where are they now? Is it just going to be a natural progression here? Or could we see the Josh Allen of the second half of the year where he was a little bit more careless and actually kept the Patriots in both of their meetings um, last season where you thought the Pats might win at least the second one. Yeah. I think that they're pissed off the national narrative that's surrounding them now mm. that the, that the window may have closed and that's been, it's been repeated here a lot because of course that's what Patriot fans are going to do, but I've heard it nationally quite a bit as well. Um, that team was gassed and I said it, you know, I spent that full week there after Hamlin dies on the field and, you know, the miraculous, you know, he's, he's going to be playing football again, or at least trying to, which is staggering. Um, but that team was tapped and they got a huge emotional lift with kick returns for touchdowns against the Patriots. They barely survived the dolphins at home in a playoff game. And, uh, I had very little faith that they were going to beat Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati was coming there. I, I just, that team was as tapped out emotionally and physically as you could imagine. And I, like, I don't want to run through the 9 million things that happened to them because every team deals with adversity, but the sort of adversity they dealt with from the spring with the, 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 the grocery store shootings mm-hmm. in Buffalo and the death of so many innocent people, they're very attached to that community. I mean, if you like, it's like nothing else. I say green Bay maybe is the one other place to me that like there's that connection between player and team. That's that tight. And I just think, they were worn down by so many things and they never, they never were able to catch their breath there, especially late in the year with between the snowstorms and then what happened to Hamlin that just, it wasn't, I don't think it was a true representation of what they are. And I think that they'll be, um, I mean, there's some challenges ahead for them for sure, but I think that they'll, they'll be intent on proving people that no, we're still, we're still one of the teams to be here in the AFC. So the Patriots obviously very familiar with the bills. And they have not beaten the Bills. I mean, it's been once in the last three years. So I don't have much to add. I will say in talking to some people within the team, it's not that they smell blood, but they're not as afraid of them. And I think it speaks to, A, something I've repeated endlessly this offseason. The Patriots are higher than themselves than, than anyone is on the outside, including Vegas, in seven and a half over under win total. But I think the last game where they go, if Naheem Hines just doesn't run through our kick return and they played X amount of rookies and Pierre Strong lost contain in the second one and Miles Bryant lost the tackle, that they're right there. They win that game. They go to the playoffs. The whole narrative around them, forget Buffalo, is so different. Nine and eight, you made the wild card round despite the whole debacle that I chronicled and you did too. Do I agree with that wholeheartedly? No, but I think the sentiment that the Patriots 
have closed the gap, at least in their matchups, not in roster talent, not in Super Bowl odds, to Buffalo, certainly relative to 2020, and what ended up being the end of 2021. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Mind you, the biggest factor in this just might be that Josh Allen remembered how to throw an interception to the Patriots because he didn't do that seemingly for yeah. the, you know, to the, the dawn of time. Um, yeah. Or since Belichick said he's not a serious MVP candidate. So, uh, or told ESPN. I, I, so I don't know if he's throwing more interceptions here in 2022, but as far as this game, week seven goes at home, you know, th- another one that I just think the Patriots have a better shot. Granted, they could lose 30 to 10. It's just, you want to start fast against him. And the one matchup I'm looking for is Christian Gonzalez against Stefan Diggs because Diggs has just roasted the secondary over and over and over again. Uh, week eight at Miami, October 29th, a yeah. couple of days before Halloween. Already ran down Miami's vitals, over under <laughs> nine and a half for them. It's a house of horrors down in Miami Gardens. Actually, a half hour north of Miami City. We, you know, city limits, but we we yeah. covered uh, the Dolphins. The only question for me about the Dolphins is to his health. Not a given. Concussion history is very scary. Supposedly considered retiring. I don't say this is anything more than a human being. I, I would hope he gives that more than serious consideration because that is your brain for life. There is no exchange. Yep. Um, yep. Do you have anything more in Miami being a road game? <laughs> No, but I am curious about, and you mentioned sort of the the Ramsey and the moving him around. Ramsey wasn't very good for the Rams, although there's some metrics that tell you he was. There's a lot of people I talked to uh, who said he just doesn't have the same closing speed that he did. And I think actually go back to the Super Bowl two years ago when T. Higgins ran by him a couple times. Not that T. Higgins doesn't run by a lot of people, but um, they didn't see the same burst and explosion from him. So I'm curious just from a physical mental standpoint, is he motivated now by people started saying this about him? And Xavier Howard on the other side didn't have a good year last year after being the leading interceptor in the league for the last couple prior to, uh, and someone they felt great confidence in, paid him like a number one corner, didn't play like one last year. So now you have two of those guys. If they bounce back, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's a game changer for, for Miami, never mind the switch to Fangio, but just what they can do with those two guys if they're playing at a high level. Circling back really quickly, I did look up the Saints over under win total. It is nine and a half. So I might be surprised. Maybe you at home or not, but that was uh, the correct number there. Miami also. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah, okay. I, I don't either. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a good point because the the contract is the biggest part of this, you know, and the timeline for the Rams is over. They're starting over again. They want to offload Ramsey, be look at his resume and go, he should have fetched more than he did, you know, late round pick and a, a tight end. I think it was. Um, and they obviously scoured the market and that was the best offer that they got. So yep. the Dolphins have a tendency, at least lately, to buy high on these veterans at the peak of their careers and pay a lot of money and shell out. They did last year with Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline and didn't pan out, I don't think, in the way that they had hoped. Um, perhaps Ramsey's the same thing. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's best. I mean, he plays some safety even going back to college. Um, and we'll just have to see. But the, the new system there, at least, won't be as much of a factor as it will be in week two. And neither will be the heat, which is really probably the biggest thing about yes. playing this in late October. All right. Uh, two more quickly. Again, this is the second quarter of the season, but when you got to buy in week 11, I don't want to pretend like, you know, all these games, you know, the half point of the season ends at week nine and then you have week 10 and a buy. It's just silly. Washington, they were eight, eight and one last year, 22nd by DVOA. So the record makes it look better than they were over under this year, six and a half. This game is at home. It's on November 5th. Come November 6th, I expect to be listening to Sports Talk Radio talking about the Patriots win over the Commanders. And if not, again, boy, they're in trouble. I mean, the one thing I'll say about from a from a can can Washington be be the defense they were a couple of years ago, where that that front four 
was dominant. It's a really uh, good D-line, have, so, yeah. Yeah, they, and they certainly have the personnel for it, but, you know, um, obviously Chase Young has, for a bunch of different reasons, including health, the injury, uh, hasn't been the guy that they picked number two and wasn't the guy that he was as a rookie. If that defensive line is what it has been in the past, then, again, and we're, we'll be more in the middle of the season, so you should have a better idea of how your offensive line is holding up, but that'll be the same sort of thing where – you know, are they seeking out your tackles? Do they think they have an edge lining up Deron Payne over Cole Strange, whatever it may be? Um, because those guys can just, I mean, they're, that's a bunch of disruptors on that defensive line. It's whether or not they're healthy and whether or not Ron Rivera and, and, and uh, Del Rio can get that group playing at the level they did a couple of years ago. The other thing about this too, let's say Miami win or the Patriots win at Miami the week before and then lose to Washington. Again, this was all on the table. This is not like, you know, the Washington teams of old where, you know, this was, um, it, you know, last time they played was in 2019, the Patriots go down to DC and won like 33 to 10 or something. And it was boring. Like, you knew it was just roll over. Granted, the Patriots were better then and coming off a Super Bowl title. This team is not that there is some talent here specifically defensively. And last year they were top 10 uh, special teams by DVOA. And that's important because that's where, you know, obviously the Patriots screwed up a lot recently. And I think, you know, you can't walk over, but again, if you're the team, you believe you are, and we doubt that you are, these are the kind of games that you win one interesting note here, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, they take it 16 corner out of Mississippi state in the first round. I was told recently, you know, we're here about the Christian Gonzalez trade and Matt Gross says, we know we could trade back because we knew the Steelers were going to take an offensive tackle and the jets aren't taking a corner. And Washington was sending, you know, notes in class to Emmanuel Forbes and everyone could see it, including the teacher. So we felt fine going back to 17 Patriots like Forbes too. If they had yeah. gone back further and he was still available, I was told they were very interested in him along with Keon white and Christian Gonzalez. So, you know, I don't think we're going to have huge blow up stories in the Globe or the Herald or NFL.com about Ford versus Gonzalez, but something to kind of keep a note on. All right, let's close out the second quarter of the season quarter in quotes uh, in Germany. Patriots going to Frankfurt, November 12th, playing the Colts. Colts last year, as you know, sucked. Uh, 4-12, yes. it's a word of the episode. We're going to clean it yes, up in the sucks. second half of the season. 4-12-1, uh, and one, 32nd out of 32 teams by DVOA. They're over under six and a half first year head coach, rookie quarterback and Anthony Richardson. Very excited to see him uh, hopefully in person. And at least by now, you know, you, you would assume they're going to copy and paste the uh, Eagles offensive system under Shane Steichen. Right. Did I say that right. Yep. yep. Uh, everything they did to involve Jalen Hurts in the QB run game. Again, you look at this game, the Patriots are better. Uh, you know, there's no home team. The Patriots are the designated home team. But if you, if you want to get anywhere, you got to beat the Colts. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think there's a lot of buzz about Anthony Richardson because he tested like like no one's ever tested before. And some of the stuff you put in when you pop in the highlight reels are amazing. But I think he has a long way to go as a quarterback. And that's just one of those situations. I know he's 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 a mobile quarterback. We were talking about that earlier, but I think he's not refined as a passer yet. And yeah. that's just one of those, that's just one of those games where, yeah, just like Washington. The next day, you should be talking about a you know 17-point win. It was never in question. You did all the things that you're supposed to do. Again, if you think you're the kind of team internally that they believe they are. One thing, though, the way the Patriots played the Colts last year, 26-3, an underwhelming 26-3 if there was one yeah. because they scored, um, I think it was one offensive touchdown, and it was when they got a turnover deep in Indianapolis territory or some sort of return. And you can't have that against a defense like that. There's decent talent. Shaq Leonard, 
calling out plays to force Buckner's and they're blowing up runs in the yep. first drive, but you need to be better than that. It's a simple scheme. Okay. Stefan Gilmore's now gone. Like they need to, to be better. I think that'll be a point of pride for an offense that looked around and been like the Colts used the same game plan that the jets did the week before played a ton of zone coverage rush right. four, and that was it. They just kicked our ass. Like that, that will be a sticking point. I think for them um, when they go into that game. By week, mid-November, week 11, perfect, right where you want it, no matter what players or coaches will say, on the road to the Giants. You already previewed uh, previewed Dable, which is what I was trying to combine those words there, previewed and Dable, previewed. (laughs) Uh, Dable, Belichick, it's just after Thanksgiving. The Giants were 9-7-1, 21st by DVOA. That didn't matter when they go to Minnesota, beat another team that's due to way uh, regress this season. They're over under 7.5. I think this will be fun. Uh, the one note I'll have about this game, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is still down there in New York. He is going to blitz, even if it's the first preseason game, as the Patriots found out last year. And I asked Belichick afterward, hey, you didn't run any play action. That was kind of weird. He's yeah. like, yeah, you don't want to do that when they're sending an all-out blitz every single time, kind of like we had our hands tied behind our back. And I, they blitz a lot. And yeah. so it's atypical. Can they hold up in single coverage? Uh, this should be a big game for Devontae Parker or Juju Smith-Schuster or maybe Tyquan Thornton because you're going to have your opportunities no matter how the Patriots season is going or how the Giants is when they meet up in late November. Yeah, and the Giants draft Banks with their first-round pick, the corner from Maryland. Where's he going to be? Because he was another guy that I think there was some internal interest in from from a New England standpoint. And as a guy who's – he's been a good man-cover guy. So uh, they needed to upgrade at that position. They did. We'll, We'll see if he can hold up. So I'm calling this the third quarter of the season. This will have four games, not the aforementioned five. I already talked about the stretch. The Chargers come in early December. They were 10 and seven last year, 18th by DVOA over unders nine and a half looking ahead to 2023. JC Jackson should be healthy. You hope is healthy back, ready to go for training camp. And then hopefully for this uh, rematch reunion here in new England, a lot of defensive talent still there. The past rushers, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack is where my eye goes to again against the offensive tackles. Um, mm-hmm. For the Patriots, who haven't played the Chargers since 2021, Staley's first year went on the road, probably their best win of that season. Yeah. Um, and that's a team that is is under some pressure, given their their failings under Staley to get in the playoffs that season and then get bounced in this monstrous comeback by the Jaguars last year in the wild card round. I feel like I'm missing something. What am I missing about this game? I, I just I don't trust them to travel here in <laughs> December. I just yeah. I don't think they're missing anything. Like. I mean, it'll be fun. It's it's fun to watch Herbert. I, yeah. I, I don't. Um, they have so many. They've had so many injury problems to their best players. You mentioned Bosa. Like I don't know that Bosa's going to be playing at that point. Like it seems like every year he's not. Keenan Allen, same thing. Which I think is why there were some rumblings that maybe they would move on from him this offseason. Mike Williams can't stay healthy either. Like they they have a lot of different things that they they have struggled with from a health standpoint and just the consistency level. And again. If you think you are this team, then the Chargers can't come here in December and beat you. It'll be cold. You may be crappy out. Who knows if there's snow? Like that's just one of those games where you're like, they don't want that. They don't want to come here. They don't want to play this game. If it's a one o'clock game, you know, like that's just one of those things. Like I just I don't want to do this. We got to do this. We're gonna do all right. Fine. Let's just try to get out of it and be uh, be in one piece. You know, as we move on to the next week. Now I'll I can hear it. I sound repetitive with the offensive attack concerns. Good teams with pass rushes. Yep. You've said it before. You know they they should get this win. I think when people look at the Chargers here, it's it's a good point in that the travel and the weather will factor in here. One of the other points we would often make about the Chargers is that their special teams are a disaster. Those have been fixed. 
But it's yeah. not been fixed, though, in the two meetings, at least, between Justin Herbert and Bill Belichick, is, is Herbert's output. Belichick has really thrown him for a loop, and the disguises are not all that complicated. Uh, a lot of late safety rotations. He's a talented quarterback, as we have in the league, and a real problem, yep. and someone that, that I think they liked coming out, you would know better than I. That's a storyline to watch, though, because, again, I talked about this at the beginning. If there's a stretch where the Patriots are going to find some edges here, and it's going to be because of coaching, whether it's Bill O'Brien or Belichick giving his full attention to the defensive side, this is a game where you pull out. The Chargers should be, barring catastrophic injuries, more talented than you are. But you need to win that game at home in the weather against a quarterback who's great. A really slow, slow receiving core. Yes. Taking another big plotting dude in the first round there, Gwen Johnston. Um, but it, Herbert will come around if he just keeps meeting with Belichick. I think there's just a case, though, where maybe it's maybe third time's not the charm. You know, if I'm doing the Andrew Callahan win-losses translator, I think you've got them winning four games in a row right there. I think Washington, Indy, Giants, Chargers, you just boom, 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 boom. Stop. Stop. I think you did. I think I'm muting Look you for, for the next two minutes. Okay, on to Pittsburgh short week. Uh, the Patriots get a break here, to be honest. I mean, you don't want a, your Thursday night game this late in the year. But I think the fact that teams now can play two Thursday night games in a season yep. is something no team wants to experience. If you're plugged in for one late in the year, um, you know, it's unlikely or less likely that you'll have to have one earlier in the season. So they get a break here. Pittsburgh was nine and eight last year, just missed out on the playoffs, 14th by DVOA. Classic Mike Tomlin. They're zombie stealers. They just will not die or go away late in the year. Their over-under is eight and a half. I, like you, am not totally sold in Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm also, I think if you're traveling for this game, you'd rather have it be a short distance, a team that if you're quote unquote unfamiliar with, you at least played last year. And defensively, they've been doing some variation of the same stuff now for decades, okay? It's not all zone blitz, but you know what you're getting in Pittsburgh. Does that make it any easier when you still have to show up in that team that's going to be physical and fundamentally sound and generally, you know, not turnover prone? Because we'll say that for Kenny Pickett, he at least typically takes on takes control, uh, takes care of the ball. Yep. No. So, feels like a coin flip. Steelers probably favored. Who knows this late in the year? I just... If you're an optimistic Patriots fan, I'm the opposite side here going, I wouldn't be so quick to say, okay, they should they should be fine here. This is a game that you might live to regret. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even last year, you know, Trubisky starting, that game was it was a slog. You know, it was and Nelson Aguilar made one of the rare plays he made in his two years in New England going up over, I think it was a killer weatherspoon making the touchdown catch down the sideline. Um, they'll play it tough. Uh, I, they, they, they certainly, even when you were beating them with a Brady those years, they never were afraid of you. Like the third quarter, quarter, quarter of the season here, the, I think the most anticipated game for me in the schedule, because you look at the opponent, you look at the time of year, you look at the time that the Patriots will have to prepare for this game, their history with this team. It's on Monday night football. Oh, and then they're the reigning Super Bowl champions coming into town. Yeah. Kansas City, week 15. It's December 18th, Monday night football game. Chiefs, in case you forgot, were 14 and three last year, fourth by DVOA. They're over under this year, 11 and a half. Feels a little juicy. Um, of course, long season, anything can happen. I think the Chiefs are good. I don't know about you. I've mentioned it before, whether it was 2020, they go to Kansas City and almost hold, they held them under 20 offensive points with Brian yep. Boyd and Jared Stidham splitting time. Um, the year before 2019, Kansas City rolls into here, scores 23, I believe it was another low scoring game. The AFC championship game we all watched was a classic, hold them to virtually nothing for three quarters. Chiefs explode the fourth. 
Belichick has a way of getting a hold on this system. How much can the Patriots do offensively to keep up? I don't know. There's no sense in doing any predictions. It's just a matchup where, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's not a whole lot of explaining to do. You just love to see matchups like this, whether, you know, maybe if you're not a Patriots fan, there's a clear underdog element that can pull this off. A threat, a looming threat, outstanding talent. It's just, I hope everyone stays healthy because this should be an outstanding football game. That's a Juju Smith, uh, Smith Schuster revenge game, right? Uh, oh, yes. Disrespected, okay. disrespected by the Chiefs. No, um, I'm curious about this one. Never mind just what you're talking about. And obviously, like you play Mahomes, it's a measuring stick type of game. I know it's in December, but like these are the sorts of things that you can get a little boost off of if you play well. And certainly if you if you score the upset, I'm just curious from Kansas City's perspective, you know, Kadarius Tony. We saw him get worked into it late last year. And, you know, he's the guy's still physically, you never know if he's going to be on the field, but he's uber talented when he's on the field. And there's some buzz out of KC that sort of like they're, they're grooming him to be the guy, the number one guy. And I, I he's such a unique uh, matchup guy, the quickness, the speed, they move him around a ton. Like one of those guys you have to locate if he's on the field um, that I'm just curious about that. And, Sky Moore is someone I loved two years ago coming out of the draft mm-hmm. and didn't have a great year, made a couple plays near the end of the year, but like got removed as the punt returner because it wasn't going so great back there. Then they got Kadarius. They put him back there. We saw what he did in the Super Bowl. But I'm 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 curious to see about him because I, I do think they're high on him still internally. And he is I think he's a talented player. So it's again sort of morphing from what they were a couple of years ago with Tyreek and and McCole Hardman and the burners on the outside. Now it's more, again, guys that work the middle of the field that can be utilized in different ways. And I think you saw, you know, how um, Andy was able to make that work last year uh, and, and Patrick was able to make that work last year. And now these guys have another year in the system. Like, do they take that step that they believe they can? A couple things, and we'll just stay with the Chiefs offense versus the Patriots defense, because this is all that anyone's going to want to focus about. And it could be how much Kansas City traditionally blitz heavy under Steve Spagnolo. Maybe gets after the Patriots, given what may or may not be the state of the receiving core at this point. This is going to be a huge game for players like Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, Jabril Peppers, Jalen Mills, if he's in safety. One, because of Travis Kelsey, but two, because they're going to want Kansas city to run the ball and Kansas city obliged an Eagles defense that also asked that. And they turned out early down yardage and they stayed efficient and on schedule and all those things. And McCombs of course delivered the knockout punch, but they've successfully played a ton of dime against this offense before the issue is going to be how many resources do you need to commit to your pass rush where they've gotten very creative with their creeper pressures where you have someone on the line of scrimmage drop back second or third level defender loops in um, you have guys changing uh, assignments. Stefan Gilmore in 2020 dropping down the middle of the defense in Tampa too, like he's a linebacker because the chiefs offensive line is really, really good. They just yeah. got Jawan Taylor here. They just signed Donovan Smith. Like their tackle depth is better. Even after losing Orlando Brown, I think from a pass protection standpoint, Joe Tooney also revenge game left guard. Can't forget. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of push and pull give and take between the Patriots preferring as every defense would to stick with four understanding they got to get creative even with Judon and Uche and Barmore and how they disguise in the back end with their safeties while also containing Kelsey to force Mahomes to hold on to the ball longer certainly not a silver bullet but I think is really the the battlegrounds that are going to win this game because if Kelsey uncovers quickly against those safeties or finds a soft spot in the zone as he does 
or the Patriots don't need to commit a fifth rusher at all and can get home sometimes with three. That was really the solution in 2020 was they rushed yep. three and dropped eight more than they ever had before. That's that's where this game will be won or lost, I think. Yeah, I, I, I it's the individual stuff from from your secondary perspective and how you, you know, you sort of reworked your secondary a little bit here because of the retirement of Devin and and obviously what you're doing at corner here a little bit. I'm just curious, like, these are the kind of games, again, where um, you can sort of make a name for yourself uh, as, a, as a unit, but as, a, as an individual player. And by this point, I would hope, like hell, that Christian Gonzalez is a, a regular fixture as an outside corner for you and as someone that you feel comfortable moving around a little bit and being that kind of player because you haven't done this. You haven't drafted a corner in the first round well, since Devin. Uh, and we saw Devin became a safety. Uh, you hope that Christian remains a a corner based on his skill set. But uh, yeah, I just it, it it'll be fun. I, I think I, I you you know every week we see you hear the same thing. It's hard to win in this league. Blah 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 blah. But these are the kind of games where the players go, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna December whatever. That's a game I got circled on my calendar already because they're gonna look forward to that. They know there are gonna be a lot of eyes on them and they want to show out. One last thing on this. Uh... A defensive touchdown, of which the Patriots had several last year, led the league, or a special teams touchdown, might push them over the edge in a game yep. like this. Again, Kansas City special teams typically very good. Uh, you cannot predict when you'll get a defensive touchdown there, but whether it's Gonzalez, Marcus Jones, uh, even Jonathan Jones to a degree, guys with the ball in their hands, certainly Kyle Duggar fits in this category. They're going to maximize their yardage in a way, if it's possible, on interception returns more than most defenders. And I think that's where they might go into the week being saying, We'll get a chance. We just have to, whenever it is that Mahomes right. throws one to us, we got to not only grab it, but take it back as far as we can, which again, who the hell knows we're more than half a year away from this game. Um, right. But we, we already know it's going to be a ton of fun. Last three games. This is the last quote unquote quarter. I say quarter because these games you would think unless they're virtually out of the playoffs at this point are going to be weighted more heavily than all the rest we've just talked about win or lose has a significant impact on your playoff chances, where you might play, who you could play, if you even get in. And that really starts, if not with Kansas City, the week after at Denver, Christmas Eve. The Broncos last year, complete mess. Fired Nathaniel Hackett after his first and only year. Not even after his first year, midway through his first year as the head coach. They go 5-12, and 12, 25th by DVOA. They're over-under, though. Vegas is high on Sean Payton, 8.5. Again, we don't know what the Broncos are going to look like week one with Sean Payton, let alone here in December. It's a difficult place to play for the Patriots. Um, but it's, it's a huge game against a team you're not very familiar with, but at least the offense, you know, you're going to face under Sean Payton. It's going to be incredibly multiple. So you're, you're glad in a game like this to have a lot of the players I just mentioned who do several different things. It's a weird spot, like playing the day before Christmas, playing on the road. This is not something they've had to do recently. Um, the schedule has been favorable to them in that regard. And with Denver, as you said, we're not going to know what it's going to look like week one, let alone what it's going to look like at this point. But what is what's the quarterback situation? You know, they yeah. they gave Jared Stidham good money to be the backup quarterback, uh, luring him away from the Raiders. And he showed something last year late with the Raiders uh, in a lost season. But they have so much invested in Russell. And can Sean find a way to get, you know, Russell's been hounding Drew Brees, you know, similar size how does you played under Peyton? Like, how does it work? You know, what, what are the things that I can be looking for? Like he has to be ultra motivated to bounce back because he was the whipping boy last year on for so many reasons. And a lot of them were just like, you have an office, 
you have an office above the locker room? Like, what are we doing here? Hey, um, but it's so open door wanna... policy. Russell, yeah. Russell told <laughs> yeah. his teammates. Yeah, oh, you mean really the open nice door that should be next to my locker here in the same room because you're yeah. a player and this is where the players reside? No, no, no. I'm yeah. up, I'm up, up the hall. And they feel like they played a little bit better as a team late in the year because there was more like, get the hell out of there. You got to be down there with your teammates. Um, so I don't know, you know, like he's carried this weird thing with him for a long time now. Uh, and, you know, he's not only a whooping boy from the fans but and media, but from former teammates and current teammates. He's got he's to bounce back. And if he has any sense of, of pride, which I think he does, then he's got to just embrace the coaching because I think we, we all agree this guy's a good coach. He's one of the better ones in the league. And consistently in spots where you thought maybe the Saints were going to wash out, he still had the Saints fighting, you know, sort of in a – in a Tomlin manner, like, you know, you're just like, Hey, they're going to be in there. They're going to be in the mix every year, regardless of what's going on at whatever position he, he finds a way to get done. So that's a, that's always been an intriguing matchup. Sean, Sean doesn't often blink when he's facing bill. In fact, I don't think he ever blinks when he faces bill. No, not a ton of success in 2021 where Saints defense just dominated Mac at three picks, but they did enough at the end of the game to put the Patriots away with James Winston at the helm. So again, who knows what version of Russell Wilson we get, but uh, the, the Broncos, you would expect, probably favored again. Who knows? The further we get into this, we know we know even less. I will say one thing. If he's healthy, Patrick Sertan is a matchup to watch against any Patriots yeah. receiver there. And with Vance Joseph coming in as a defensive coordinator, that is a high-pressure system that is going to trust his corners to play on man-to-man in an island. They spin the dial also as much as anybody where, yeah, they'll play some man, but they'll do all these different crazy variations Jones uh, zone and get to it from different looks pre-snap and safeties jumping all the way across the field. So the Patriots dealt with that last year in Arizona, knew they could obviously wait the Cardinals out given their lack of talent. Kyler Murray gets hurt, all those different things. But Vance, I think, is going to bring the pressure because of players like Patrick Sertan, who he can trust against any Patriots receiver. So one of those receivers is going to need to find a mismatch and the Patriots are going to need to give Mac Jones time to exploit that mismatch. Will he or won't he? Who knows? Um, last two games, Buffalo at Buffalo ran down their vitals. I don't think we have much to add. This yep. is maybe the third season in a row where the Patriots season is defined by their December games against Buffalo. It was true in 2021 really happened in 2022 when they lose an orchard park in the season finale. Uh, it could happen again, for better or for worse. You beat the Bills, maybe you clinch a playoff spot or at least knock them down or whatever it might be. They're going to have tiebreakers involved at this point. And then they wrap up at home against the Jets where I just hope we have some spice. I want some, sp- yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. let's get the angst, the anger, just the animosity back into this rivalry. Like we're, we're close. We got all the ammunition. It's not going to be between Bill and Aaron Rodgers. Like Bill yeah. is going to be throwing bouquets left and right. You know, if this goes south or it doesn't, I just want this game to, to mean something and feel like Pat's Jets, even if one team or the other or both has their playoff fates resolved at this point, as in they're in or they're out or one team's out, one's firmly in, whatever it is, just just give me some sizzle here. I think I think we're going to get it. I think that the Rodgers thing and the fact that the Jets, you know, at one point, what were they, seven and four last year before it went sideways yeah. on them? Uh, and again, 95% of that was because of the offense. Like, I think we're going to get that. I do want to go back to week 17 real quick. And it's one thing we didn't talk about earlier with Buffalo. McDermott's taken over the defense full time. Leslie Frazier is quote unquote, taking a year off, which I have theories on that. <laughs> um, and then the other part of this is Ken Dorsey in year two as the OC. And there was definitely a little bit of a disconnect at times last year with their offense. And we talked about some of the struggles in the second half of the year. I, I think Ken's a 
smart guy interviewed for the Carolina head coaching job. I think he's going to be a future head coach if things continue to go well for Buffalo. But I'm curious to see how he evolves because I think the first year calling plays is difficult. Uh, never mind for someone who, I mean, at least he's been on the offensive side. We saw with Patricia doing it defensively and having to do it offensively. But like, I'm, I'm curious to see because Sean is always sort of pushed and they pushed Dable, especially in the last year, about wanting to run the ball more and take a little bit more off of Josh's plate. The problem is Josh is so special at times that you just like, we need a play. I'm just going to keep it in his hands and let him do it. Um, I'm 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 curious to see how they play that. If if again there's sort of that push and pull between McDermott and Dorsey that they had at points again last year, where especially in the second half of the year, McDermott made a point almost every week of like talking the run game, whether they weren't doing it enough or they did it successfully. He wants that to be part of their identity, and I just don't know when you have Josh Allen that that should even be a concern of yours. Like you want to be able to run it effectively, but by and large, like with Pat, you just Mahomes, you want to keep the ball in your best player's hands. That sounds about right. That sounds smart. Um, <laughs> we, we've said a lot of things running yes. down these, these 17 games. I appreciate that insight too, because it's, it's something that I know McDermott uh, you know, very quickly here had some tension with Brian Dable running the ball more. Dable leaves. Dorsey's having similar issues. Defensive coach wants to run the ball. What else is new? McDermott's defense though, granted while Leslie Frazier was there. And I wrote about many, many times from 2017 when he arrived until 2020, I mean, 2021, like the Patriots just could not throw touchdown passes against that defense, yep. the structure of it, the way they interchange their safeties um, and, and play there in the style and the heavy zone and the disguise just gives them just such fits. Is that different with Bill O'Brien? Is it not? At this point, all the cards are going to be on the table. They're not going to have many new ones to play. The yep. Patriots seemed to find some wiggle room last year against what was a slower Bills defense than not. Do they get back to that here late in the season, a game that could decide their year? Uh, who knows? But the, the history there will be very interesting because the trends as of late, just as the win-loss record, uh, favors Buffalo very much when you would think you can't really say that about many teams going against the Bill Belichick coach Patriots team. So really quickly, um, tell me why this schedule is good news for the Patriots, and then we'll do bad news. I don't actually like, you know, I, I know I pointed to the to the beginning of the schedule and 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 that's a difficult slate of games. Like I said, if you can just if you can survive that stretch, I think that that second tier into the third tier, third quarter, as you mentioned, like I think there are some games there where you should be able to stack up some wins and put yourself in a nice spot for that closing kick. Um, the, certainly from a travel perspective, I know you got to go to Germany, but they don't have this brutal schedule where. You know, there's three games of uh, in a row on the road, and you're, you're you know bouncing from here, there, and everywhere. Um, you know, then they're not in a situation where they have to play. Yeah, you don't even have to do the thing last year where you're staying out on the West Coast for an entire week between games. They don't have the schedule shaped up that way for them. So I, I think that's that's certainly beneficial for them. After you know, I, I thought last year's schedule posed some some travel problems for them. Uh, never mind the the talent level they had. We're starting in South Florida, practicing down there on soccer fields and lacrosse fields and having to bring all your equipment and makeshift field goal posts. Uh, Number one, the bye week is exactly where you want it, right in the middle. Anytime to recover, rest. After the bye week, there is one long trip. When you are your most worn and tired and injured, that trip to Denver uh, is not going to be pleasant, I don't think. But you look at their other road games at Pittsburgh, the Giants, Buffalo. Those are our flight, our plus. Like that, that, that's it even, you know. For this team. And so you look at the beginning part of the schedule pre-buy first two games are at home, tough teams at home. You give your best shot to them. And in the middle, as I mentioned, 
there's a chance to rebound here. Like Washington Indy theoretically should offer you a little bit of a trampoline to bounce back if you need it. And Vegas is in there in week six too. So all told, I like it for the Patriots. As I mentioned, we've known a lot of this, you know, all the ingredients are there. You can make different things with the same ingredients, obviously, yep. but the most important thing is what you have to work with. It's a brutal schedule, ton of excellent quarterbacks, good defenses, solid coaching staffs. There's a way though, for them to prove that they're the team they think they are. Uh, the flip side I'll say, and I just mentioned it, all the quarterbacks, like, you don't, you don't get a break here yeah. except for Washington Indy going back to back. Um, and that's, that's a real problem for them that at some point, you just there's only so much you can do on defense because a lot of it, as we're finding out, is dependent of where your rankings are on how hard your schedule was offensively. That that's the bigger tip. You can have a good defense, but it's not going to show statistically if you face quarterbacks like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Indy is the unknown because it's the rookie quarterback. Washington, Sam Howell is unknown, but played one game, right? Um after that. Is Russell Wilson, Russell or Jimmy is probably the worst quarterback that you face on your schedule, right? Like I'm looking at it as I'm giving the quick perusal, pick it, I guess. You could, yeah, it's that's a that's a gauntlet of 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 really good players. And obviously the division now, you know, like it just there was that long, long stretch when you had Tom Brady here, where you always had the advantage of quarterback um and coach as well. And then you started looking at how the other teams kept constantly flipping their quarterbacks and coaches, like constantly. And now all of a sudden there's there's you know, it looks like two is going to be the guy. At least they're committed to him. We know Josh is the guy in Buffalo. And now you've got Rodgers, at least, well, seems like for a couple of years in New York, where you're going to be dealing with a guy who's still a, a extremely talented player, even at, at this advanced age. So, um, yeah, those those days of five and one, six and oh in the division are, are long since past, you know. But you know what? And I'm glad you brought up the division. Three and three seems real feasible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and to me, that's, and that's sort of where I, how I looked at the beginning of the schedule where I said, like, if you can come out of that Miami jets, if you can manage a game there, one of those two, like set yourself up in the division. Cause it seems like there's been times where these last few years where you're like finally fighting upstream against in the division. You're like, we don't have this tiebreaker. We don't have that tiebreaker. Um, getting Miami early is not the worst thing. Getting the jets early is not the worst thing. Um, do something there. You know, find a little A in the division and, and set yourself up for later because, you know, the way it works, they, they double up again in, in the second quarter with Buffalo and then at Miami. And then obviously, as you mentioned, finishing at Buffalo and then then the Jets. So um, they've shaped it up so that the AFC games, they, I mean, they always matter, but like to, to close that kick is, is fun. Yeah. My one big concern for this team, and we have a long way to go and talk about watch them in practice is coming up here in OTAs minicamp. Uh, is offensive tackle. That That's the one thread that you could pull that unspools the entire season that has nothing to do with the schedule or your opponents, which we covered is going to be very difficult. But I look overall at the roster. There aren't any other positions that I look and go, that's a real issue. Presuming Christian Gonzalez is the first round pick that everyone thought was worthy of a top 10 selection right. that fell to you at 17. Now it's a big presumption, but I, I look at the roster. It's pretty good. It's solid. And I think ultimately as I'll introduce the final segment here, give me a record prediction. Subject to change. It's only May. They're 8-9. I said they could be much better and still have the same record. And they get a couple bounces. I think this is I think this is a 9-8 and eight football team, Mike Jerry. Yeah, I'm still stuck in that 8-9, and 9-8-2. Nine, nine and eight two. Um, The talent has improved some. The coaching should have improved. There should be a, there should be a lot more attention to detail. Like, 
so many things happened last year that just shouldn't happen. We're, we're moving on. We're looking ahead. No, I know. But I, so to me, that's part of where you get your kick. But I still think from a talent perspective, I still think that they're the fourth team from, from sheer talent in the division. Uh, and you can be a well-coached team, better coach than you were last year and still not make that big leap that everybody wants them to make or is hoping they're going to make. Because I, I do, I feel like they're, from a talent perspective, I think they're the clear number four. I don't think it's like, oh, it's just their hair. No, I think that when you start talking about elite players, when you start talking about high-end players, they don't, they don't have enough of them. All right. Fair enough. Blue chip talent. Yeah, certainly compared to the top three teams in the division or other three teams, uh, no no debate here. I think they're bet in the middle class the way they've always done business is with – going to be the story of this season or the way they draft. It was a very Patriots draft when you look and go, eh, maybe you go back into the wide receiver in the first round or tight end. Nope. Nope. They stuck to what they've done and uh, we'll see what happens. But, but but all those years that they've done that and had success. Yeah. I, I know where you're going. They had, they, they they had, had that, that guy, guy who's going to be singing that guy sweet who's getting honored in week in one, week one yeah. and he's going to have a statue and we'll be there for every minute of it. And uh, still bugging you surely at that point, Mike Giardi, thank you for spending about an hour and a half, I think a little bit over. Talk about the Patriots schedule, game by Quality game, time. the good and the bad, and the TBD, which is really all of it. <laughs> On this latest episode of the Pats Interference Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Until next time, sir. Thank you.